You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Make it better. Turn up the good. Turn down the suck. Back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We'll continue on with our team-by-team WHL uh, team previews for this coming season. These are all brought to you by Dub Network. Stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League. Dubnetwork.ca is a great way to do that. All these in-the-dub segments brought to you by Dub Network. And in this segment, Saskatoon Blades General Manager Colin Priestner joins me now. Welcome back to the show, Colin. How was summer? That was great. Uh, good chance to, uh, I've got a little one-year-old daughter now, so uh, great chance to connect with her and see her grow and uh, spend a lot of time with her and uh, now back into the grind. Uh, back to the grind. Camp uh, well underway for you guys as well as everybody else now uh, in the Western Hockey. Except maybe Brandon. Maybe I think Brandon always starts uh, three or four days after everybody else, but uh, let's go with, uh, before we get into who's in camp still, uh, let's look back at last year's playoff roster and uh, scratch off some names uh, from that roster who's not back for you this year. Obviously, everybody loses the overagers for you. That's Max Gerlach up front, uh, as well as a Brandon Schuldhouse and Dawson Davidson uh, off the blue line. Outside of those three, who else from last year's team is not back? And I know there is one awfully large question mark. Yeah, you might need a pen. We have we have a bit of turnover for sure. I mean, we've uh, um, you know we had a real solid team obviously last year, and you know once our kind of team was formed, you know mid December, and we had a few more moves before the deadline. But uh, you know we had I think the top record in the league starting in mid December. So obviously with a team that's older and more experienced, you're going to lose some guys. So mm-hmm. you know you mentioned the first three: Davidson, Schuldhouse, and Gerlach, who are all great twenty-year-olds for us, and. Davidson was, you know, arguably one of the best defensemen in the league. He was a first-team All-Star in uh, the conference, and uh, Schuldhouse was just a, you know, big, solid, reliable defenseman, real, real solid playoff. And then Gerlach was, a, you know, a sniper for us, 40-goal guy. So those are going to be big losses. But uh, uh, other than those three, you know, Gary Hayden uh, is a guy that we traded this summer. So you know, we have a, a departure there with him, who's, uh, you know, had a great year last year. But you know, we bring in Scott Walford as an addition. So. Um, you know, that's a kind of a, you know, you lose one, but you bring one in. And then a couple other guys that uh, aren't back. Reese Harsh uh, would have been a 20-year-old. Uh, he would have been kind of on the outside for us. So we moved him along uh, at the draft to, to Winnipeg. Uh, both of our Euros, uh, Emil Malashev uh, was a rookie defenseman for us, uh, opted to play back in Sweden this year. Uh, Christian Roikus Martinson was a 19-year-old a Euro for us, so he was always just going to be a one-year guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Doran Luding was a backup goaltender for us, and he's uh, now 20 as well, so he won't be returning. And then, you know, I'm sure the one everyone will be asking about and alluding to is Kirby Doc, and, uh, you know, we don't obviously have an answer on that yet. Uh, I think it's probably going to be well into November by the time we we get an answer. I'm sure he's going to get the, the 9 or 10 game audition there before his contract would kick in. So uh, we'll be a little bit uh, in the dark on that, and we'll be kind of following his progress as close as we can and you know using our best deductive skills to try and figure out if we think he's going to be returning or not but you know that's a, a bit of a snapshot of who's you know who's uh departing well i wonder from your perspective uh are the lines of communication with the blackhawks open in terms of like are you checking in with them all the time or do you just kind of take it as all right he's not coming back unless he shows up uh and we'll we'll proceed as if he's not coming back how do you handle it yeah, there's kind of two trains of thought. I mean, I'm more of the mind that, you know, I don't want to, you know, 
firstly, I don't think it's good karma. Or, you know, I want the best for Kirby. He's been, uh, you know, he helped put our franchise back on the map and believed in us when, you know, we were just starting out here. And so I, I want Kirby to, to do everything he can, he can do. So if, if he makes that team, that's fantastic. And if he comes back, obviously we're going to, you know, loved having him back and, and everything like that. But, you know, we'll be rooting for him there and, and he's going to make a tough decision for them. But in terms of communication, you know, I don't, we don't get a lot, lot of feedback from, from Chicago or anything like that, especially this early. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully as the season progresses and they're into their games, we'll get a little more feedback. But at this point, it's going to be, you know, we're pretty certain he's going to get those nine games, which will bring us probably through to early November. And then, you know, if he's got one point in nine games, we'll probably send him back. If he's got six or seven and he's fitting right in, then then we won't see him. Uh, so uh, that'll be something that we're we're kind of evaluating as the year goes on. But you know, the message around here is that we don't, you know, we have a great group of players and we believe in what we have. And if you know, if Kirby's back, that's going to make us, you know, take us to another level, of course. But you know, we're not waiting around for him to come back and, you know, hanging our hats uh, on our season if he's not back. You know, we've got a lot of great players here, and, and you know, if he comes back, it's just an extra punch for us. Well, let's get to the players that are in camp then. And uh, you mentioned off the air that uh, you had a, a, a large number, and you've cut that back significantly uh, now as the week has progressed. Tell me about the overage situation for Saskatoon right now. How many uh, 20-year-old candidates do you have in camp? Well, we've got four right now. Um that was kind of we we had six or seven when we kind of started the summer and we wanted to get down to a lower more manageable number and um you know you don't want to lead kids on if we don't feel that they had a chance to make it so like the four guys that are here right now they're all you know really solid players you know three at least three of them are going to be going to nhl camps here in the next week and and uh so you know those four players uh on the on the blue line scott walford who was uh an all-star defenseman last year for victoria uh, third-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens. He didn't get signed by them, so he's got a big chip on his shoulder, very motivated. He's going to be going to Winnipeg's camp here next week. Nolan Neen uh, was uh, you know, a, a huge addition for us last year. He had a 50, near 50-point 50 season and a uh, big-time hitter and, and right-shot defenseman. He's a 20-year-old as well. And then up front, we have two. We've got Ryan Hughes, who we acquired from Portland last year, a dynamic, skilled left winger, and Riley McKay, who is uh, you know, just a one of the toughest guys in the league. He led the league in penalty minutes last year. He played a lot with Kirby on his line, uh, kind of protecting him. And, you know, one of the most popular players we've we've ever had here in our five or six years here uh, in the room uh, and outside the room, too, in the community. So we're, we're in a really nice spot with those four. And, uh, you know, I think as camp wears on here, we'll, we'll kind of get down to that decision. Does it matter if it's uh, two forwards or two defense that you have as 20-year-olds? Does it, do you have a preference? I don't know. Uh, we we obviously lose a lot on D uh, with Davidson and Schulthaus being big parts of our decor, and then Malashev played all last year with Davidson, even though he was a rookie uh, Euro defenseman. So, um, kind of, you know, I would say at this point we're probably leaning towards two defensemen and one forward. But uh, that being said, uh, you know, things can change. A couple of years ago, we had four really good ones, and you know, the last guy I thought we'd move was was Flodell, our our MVP the previous year was our goalie, and you know. Because certain things happen the way they did at camp, you know he was the guy that got moved. So you never really know who's going to be there until until the decisions are made. But uh, as of now, I would I would probably give the lean to two D and one forward just because we really want to have that uh, you know exceptional veteran defense. And when you have two potential number one defensemen, it's it's a good problem to have back there. Well, and the reason I ask, Colin, Colin Priestner, GM of the Saskatoon Blades, uh, is my guest right now. Uh, both players you took in the import draft this year were our defensemen. Libor Zabransky, who's been around the WHL for a couple of years off and on, uh, back in the league uh, with your club now. 
Um, did both of your imports uh, report to camp? Are they both uh, in town? Yeah, they're here, and uh, they look really good. Zabransky's kind of really been, you know, obviously it's scrimmages the first couple days, so it's, sure. tough to, it's tough to judge too much until you get the live bullets, but he's a big mobile guy. He skates really well. He's been intense, uh, speaks fluent English, and he really helps out Radic, who's just learning English. But, you know, Radic's been, uh, you know, he's a big kid. He's 6'2", 210, uh, Kucherik, and he's, he's uh you know, rough and tumble kind of throwback defender. I think we'll kind of see what he's all about starting this weekend in games where, you know, he doesn't appear to be one bit intimidated. I think he was the captain of his team as a 17-year-old last year in the under-20 league in Czech. So there's there's definitely leadership skills you can see there. He's not shy about getting into it on the ice, and he's really fitting in well already off the ice, which is sometimes a challenge when you don't speak the language. But, uh, yeah, both guys are here. And, you know, that was a conscious decision to take two, two defensemen, just knowing how many D we lost uh, from last season with Davidson, Schuldhouse, Harsh, and Malashev. Uh, that's four D that were playing pretty big minutes for us. So we wanted to kind of rebuild our D, and, and I feel we have. And how many guys, uh, defensemen, uh, do you still have in camp right now? Yeah, we're down to 13 defensemen at camp with two that are ineligible right now to play due to their age. That's Kale Ashcroft and, and Ben Saunderson, who are 04s, who had a real nice camps, and you know we wanted to give them a little extra look. But we do have 11 signed defensemen in camp uh, that can play and you know that's going to be a dogfight for those seven spots I mean we want to be we want to have a decor that's you know one of the top in the league and uh, we want to have a really competitive you know big strong D that's going to be able to move pucks and be a real you know focal point of our our group so right now we've got I would say you know four guys that are definitely locks up there you know on D to to play in that top four right now and then it's really a, an open competition for the other guys to compete for those remaining spots so it's it's probably the most competitive area of our camp right now for sure well maybe we'll keep going with the blue liners for a minute I usually go goalie D and then forward but since we've talked a lot about the defense maybe we'll just finish it off who are those young guys that are sort of knocking on the door and, and uh, trying to work their way onto your roster as a full-timer well you know we've got we've got some guys that are making a case for themselves at camp. And then we've got some guys that we don't know as much about, like uh, Parker Malchuk was a guy that we acquired in in the uh, Walford deal that, you know, he played 55 games for them last year in a, in a pretty limited role, but he's a right-shot guy who's mobile and, you know, moves the puck really well and seems to be fitting in well. So, you know, we want to give him a look over these next few weeks and see what he's about. Um, you know, with Majid Kadora, who had a, a really strong first half last season. Uh, he's a big six foot two shutdown defenseman um he you know i think he finished plus 16 so he had a real nice season but uh didn't play as much at the end of the year being a veteran team uh so he's going to be a guy that's going to be looking to kind of be a regular in the lineup every night uh uh Kucherik, again we talked about being an import defenseman he's going to take some time to kind of figure out you know where he fits but he he looks right now like he's an he could be an everyday whl defenseman and then you've got four you know three younger guys that are kind of fighting for spots with Alex Ozar, who had a great season last year in Prince Albert, an offensive right shot puck mover. He's a 17-year-old. And then a couple 16-year-olds, uh, Merrick Schneider, brother of uh, Bryn Schneider and uh, Brandon, who's a right shot defenseman. He had some injury trouble last year, so he might be a guy that's, you know, you know, better suited to go back for a year just to get a full year in where he's healthy. Uh, and then probably one of the bigger surprises at camp thus far, maybe not a surprise because he's just, kind of wowed us since the day we drafted him even before that is Charlie Wright out of Edmonton he's not even 16 yet he's 15 years old until I believe late November but he's just he just turns heads he's he's like a 
you know, a, a Duncan Keith style defenseman. He kind of comes with that, you know, he was real small to start his Bantam year and he's now up, up to almost six feet and he just does things that are very special on the ice. And, and, you know, you hear people asking about him all day at, at camp, whether it's fans or parents or other players. So he's a guy that's probably going to make our decision very difficult because, you know, on paper, you're not sure if you're going to keep a 15 year old, you know, borderline. He'll be 16 late, late this year, but, uh, he's, he's making things difficult at least through the first three days and, and, I expect he'll do that throughout camp. So he's going to be really, you know, tight in that mix there. And then we have one other signed defenseman in, in Spencer Chagru, who's going to most likely go back to Yale. He's an undersized guy out of L.A., but uh, really smart, puck-moving guy. But, you know, he's only probably 145 pounds right now, so probably best for him to go back. So those are the names right now that we're really kind of pondering to, to fill, fill those seven spots. All right, Colin, let's go back to the goaltenders then. And, uh, Nolan Meyer, obviously your, uh, your starting net minder. And, uh, is, is the, the battle uh, a little bit more open behind him? Uh, and, and with Meyer not being drafted last year, I imagine there, you mentioned chip on, chip on the shoulder of, uh, uh other player, uh, that was unsigned. Uh, I imagine it's going to be similar for Nolan Meyer this year. Definitely. I think Nolan knew going into the draft as a, as a, you know, six foot goaltender that, you know, he was going to be a little bit in tough despite, you know, having a great year. And, you know, it just goes to show you, like, the NHL is, you know, they've been getting smaller and smaller and when it comes to drafting defensemen and bigger and bigger when it comes to drafting goalies. And, yeah. you know, hopefully that cycle kind of reverts because I believe, you know, anyone who can stop the puck, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much their height really affects them, but, you know, there's clearly a, a trend in the NHL where if you're not 6'2 or 6'3, you're going to have a real hard time getting drafted. And, you know, we saw that with both the, both the goalies – from Team Canada last year at the Holinka with uh, Meyer and Gauthier both not being drafted. I think both those guys will have a big chip on their shoulder. And yep. Nolan takes it all in stride. He's kind of always been doubted his whole life, and you know he's always exceeded expectations. And um, you know he's a guy that's very committed to you know being a pro one day. But I think he's got you know some you know goals at hand over the next two or three years here with us. And, and I expect him to be one of the best goalies in the league. And he's coming in fantastic shape and uh, really worked hard this summer and. You know, he's, he's going to have to earn it the hard way because it's tight. So he's definitely going to be our starting goaltender. And I, you know, in terms of competition, I, I don't, I don't, uh, we don't have really a, much of a competition at this point because Cohen McInnes, our, our 17 year old, he was a second round pick. He's, he's come in, uh, he's six foot two. He, he's looked great throughout camp and he got in a few times last year in the playoffs when, uh, uh, Doran Luding was, uh, hurt and he got in as a backup a few times when, uh, PA you know, a couple of those games got it got out of hand a little bit, and we put Cohen in to rest Nolan. So he's got a little experience there, and he'll be our backup this year. And we don't have another signed goaltender that's eligible to play. We've got a signed goalie in Ethan Chadwick, but he's an 04, right. so he's not eligible to play. So right now we have kind of a two-man system, but, you know, I am actively kind of be looking for, you know, a depth goalie that maybe is playing in junior A and, you know, will be someone who can call up with an injury or or, you know, when, if something else were to happen. But uh, as of now, those are the two guys. And um, Chadwick uh, had a great camp. And probably one of the biggest surprises of our camp was this 11th round pick we took as a goalie. You know, you don't usually take two goalies if you take one high, but we took this Austin Elliott uh, out of Alberta uh, who played for Notre Dame last year. And, you know, he was a small guy and he came in at 5'10 and um, grew a few inches and he was just outstanding. I think he let in one goal out of the whole week, uh, week of scrimmages and we, we kept him around here and, uh, he's looking right, fitting in right with the, the veterans today. So, you know, it's a real nice surprise to have an 11th round, you know, small goalie that comes in and kind of looks, uh, looks the part. So, uh, those are our four goalies that are remaining at camp and, and we'll send Chadwick and Elliott back at the end of the week here and, uh, we'll be down to two. 
Uh, no camp invite for uh, Nolan Meyer, NHL camp? Not as of now. We've had two teams that have called uh, with kind of interest if, you know, they had a couple goalies with nagging injuries. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's disappointing. I mean, it, he should be at a camp, and, and he's he's earned his way to be at that camp. Like, he's, you know, through his first two seasons, he's, you know, on pace right now to, you know, be, you know, he's, he's looking like he could be one of the winningest goalies in WHL history if you look at where he's, how many wins he has through his his first two seasons uh you know through his 17 year old year i think he's got something like 70 wins or something he's he's going to be a guy that's going to be pushing that uh that you know league record by the time he's done with the league and and you know it's disappointing that he's not at a camp but again he's got a he knows it's a long game for him with his height and and, and yeah. that's basically uh his mindset but uh i i'd love it if if there's a cancellation on another team that he gets a chance and but if not, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have him here. That's disappointing. It's, it's surprising to me too. I, yes, he's, he's not six foot four or whatever, but, uh, you know, my first question is, can he stop the puck? And the answer is yes, he can stop the puck. Surprised that NHL team doesn't want to take a, a closer look for a, a week or something like that and have him in camp. But I digress. We'll move I'm on. With yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to the forwards, and uh, you mentioned at the start, lots of turnover on the roster for the forward group, uh, so that means there's lots of opportunities for guys who are further down in your depth chart uh, last year. Uh, when I say that, who immediately comes to mind? Who are you expecting a much bigger role from, uh, let alone production from this year? We'll have some guys returning that are going to, you know, who put up big numbers last year that we're going to expect to do that again. But, uh, you know, if we want to go into some guys that are going to have to step up, you know, their production, you know, three names really come to mind as guys that are, you know, it's not going to be a, a huge, uh, you know, it's not a huge stretch to think they can do it. Uh, you know, Kyle Krinkovic was a, a top 10 pick for us. Uh, he is one of the top scoring 16 year olds in the league after he, he missed the first two months of the season with a shoulder injury that he sustained uh, in a scrimmage at camp here. He had a, I remember he had a four goal scrimmage and hit two crossbars in one scrimmage and uh, playing against a veteran line and the whole arena was kind of buzzing about who this little guy was and then with one minute to go on that scrimmage he uh hurt his shoulder and missed the first uh two and a half months of the season so it took him uh i think 15 or 20 games to get back in game shape and ready to go but he was near a point of game for us even when he came back uh, after those first 20 games so we expect that he's going to be a big time contributor this year he's a sniper he's extremely dynamic player he's five foot six but uh, has a, a huge motor and uh, you know, you expect big things from him in a top six role, and I, I think the sky's the limit for him as to what he can do offensively. Uh, the next name as a guy that's going to take a big role right away is Tristan Robbins. Uh, his dad, Trevor, was a blade back in the day as a goaltender, and uh, Tristan was a guy that kind of, because of our depth last year and our age of our, our team, he kind of probably didn't get as many key minutes as he would have elsewhere. Uh, but by the end of the year, he, you know, in the final playoff couple of games, he was on the first line with Kirby. I think it just, we couldn't really keep him down any longer just because he was just, he was showing so much growth and extremely gifted player, right shot center slash right winger who can just, uh, you know, play the game at a high pace with skill, um, you know, intelligent player. Uh, he kind of has it all. He's a guy that I think is, is he's an 18 year old, but he's a late birthday. So it's his draft year. And, you know, I've already been getting some texts from guys in Ontario who run scouting services who want want to know more about him, and he's going to be uh, a guy that has a huge year, I, I hope, for us, and, and he can do it. And another name of a guy that, you know, may be needing a, you know, might be more of a, a stretch on paper to, to perform in a top-six role, but has come in and done absolutely everything through the first few days here that uh, you could ask is Kyle McNabb. Uh, he's a winger that we acquired last year out of 
Winnipeg, uh, kind of via Vancouver. He was only in Winnipeg for a couple of days, and, and then they flipped him over to us. But he's six foot one, and he came in 190 pounds, powerful stride, right shot. Uh, he can shoot the puck, and he's just been outstanding. Uh, you could just see he put in a huge summer of work, and you hope we hoped he would be one of those guys that did. And, and when you saw him last week, you were real happy to see what he had done in the gym, and he looks very focused and. You know he's going to get an opportunity here early in the year, with especially with Kirby being gone. That he's going to get an opportunity to play with some real good players and and show see if he can you know show us that he's a top six guy. Uh, so those are some you know three names I would look at as to guys who could really step their production up uh, big time this year. And would be rookies. Uh, you know Kirby's not not going to be around uh, for at least to start the year, but uh, perhaps the other doc, Colton Doc, is he uh, in line to to make your team as a rookie this season? Definitely, yeah, he's. He's a huge kid. He's even bigger than Kirby was at the same age. He's six, he came in at six foot two, 185 pounds. And, wow. you know, if, if Kirby plays that, uh, you know, if Kirby's, I know oftentimes he's compared to a Mark Scheifele type, different, you know, centerman, you know, Colton kind of re- really reminds me more of a, of a Matthew Kachuk. Like he's, he's as gritty as they come for, for uh, a guy with some skill. Like he's, he, you know, he's getting in kind of, a lot of skirmishes out there with players and he's he's got a real pest quality to him but he also you know has a a very very good shot and you know for him it's just going to be learning the rigors of the league and, and being around a group of guys that you know older players and older guys and and for him it's just going to be kind of learning the systems that we play and you know rounding out the consistency in his game but you know he's he's a guy that has a lot of potential and he's going to be kind of probably in some different roles this year as as the season he can play center and left wing and um you know we're really excited about him and you know time is you know it's going to be you know one of the silver linings to Kirby being away at least till November is you know Colton gets to come here and kind of be his own man mm-hmm. um you know he doesn't you know he he can kind of establish himself here and show what he's about to our coaching staff and the other players you know um and you know be his own man here and then if, if Kirby comes back then obviously that'll be special for them to be playing together on a team for the first time I think ever in their lives even though they're two years apart and uh something that that was really special uh potential for them uh being very close brothers but I really have high hopes for him. Um, you know, it's going to take time for him to get acclimatized to the league, but uh, he's got a real kind of unique quality to him, being as tough as he is and as big as he is, and, and also has some finish. So I'm um, looking forward to that. And then Braden Plachewski is a guy that will likely crack our team here. Very uh, adept two-way centerman, big kid, six foot one, and he just he just plays that prototypical right now, that kind of two-way center role that can kind of, contribute offensively he had a tough start to the year last year kind of really disappointing first half of the year in midget i think maybe some disappointment for him that he got sent back uh as a 16 year old second round pick and you know uh didn't really thrive in the first half and kind of we had to sit down with him a little bit and uh, kind of reevaluate with him where his season was at and we don't we hate to see kind of a lost season when a kid goes back to midget but mm-hmm. he took that as well as anyone i've seen because he, he came up for one game with us in january he went I think seven for seven or eight for eight on his draws, which is great for a 16 year old. And I don't think he's lost a draw through three days here. He, he's an unbelievable centerman in terms of winning draws. And he really took his season to another level when he went back to his midget team in Calgary and had a great playoff and he went to the Dallas cup. So he looks like he's right, ready to step into a, you know, a bottom six centerman role and, and be a, you know, a real nice, 
rookie contributors. So uh, those are some younger guys. And then we brought in some guys as well that, uh, you know, we brought in, you know, Tyler Ho out of the Vancouver Giants, who was just kind of in a numbers game there as a 19-year-old. Uh, he's looked real nice through camp. He's, he's strong, he's fast, he can shoot. And, you know, he made a good impression on our coaches through the first three days. So we're going to see what he's about here throughout camp and uh, give him some preseason games and see if he's a guy that can kind of make our team as a veteran. And then a couple returning guys that uh, – you know, had up and down seasons in terms of, you know, their production. Zach Huber put up, uh, I think, eight or nine goals and kind of provides that physical presence. And, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we're going to be really watching closely over camp here to see uh, kind of where his mindset's at and what kind of impact he can have because he's a unique guy at 200 and some pounds that can play a real physical game, a heavy game, but he can also score a bit when he's given the chance. Uh, so we're going to be keeping our eye closely on where he fits in. And then Randon Schmidt as well played last year as a converted uh, forward. He was a defenseman when we, when we signed him, but uh, he played forward last year, and he can kind of be a swingman for us. So those are kind of the, the the guys that we're looking at right now to to round out our group uh, on the depth side. And then up front, obviously, Brian Hughes being a dynamic kind of guy, we're, we're relying on to be a, one of the league leaders in scoring. Um, he's going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, if he's one of the forwards we keep, uh, him or Riley McKay, uh, you know, he's going to be a guy we, we, we look to kind of play a league leader kind of role in terms of what he can do production wise. And if it's McKay that we keep, you know, he's, a uh, one of the toughest guys in the league who can also chip in 20 goals as well. And then Chase Waters being our captain up front, uh, you know, all around player, just a guy that everyone in the league would just kill to have. He's our, you know, he was a unanimous vote as an 18-year-old captain, which is rare uh, last year. So he comes back as a 19-year-old captain. Um, you know, he offensively, I know he wanted more from himself last year. I think he had 40 points coming off a 50-point season the year before. And, you know, I look at his shooting percentage, I think he was in that 7% range. And I think, you know, most guys in his range would be in that 11 12%. So I think, you know, when, when things click for him offensively, I think, you know, he had a lot of bad luck last year that I think he's going to be back to that kind of 60, 70, 80 point guy and play a huge role for us as, as well as Eric Florchuk, who Washington Capitals pick, who's, you know, I, I see a lot of Austin Wagner in him for players, for fans out there to kind of compare, like he's got an elite speed. He's six foot one. Um, he can just absolutely fly. And he's also a guy that can finish as well. So, you know, I see a big, potential for him to have a huge breakout year i think he had 50 points last year but i think there's more there uh trying to earn a contract so you know that's a bit of a snapshot of what our forward group looks like kirby doc obviously helps that group um you know we have a lot of good pieces up front i don't think it's a a finished product yet um that's going to take some camp and you know potentially for me and and steve hildebrandt and tensor to dan tensor to come up with uh you know supplementing that group whether it's through you know picks or prospects or whatever way we can because we do lose quite a bit up front so mm-hmm. those are kind of the the key guys up front that are going to be carrying the mail for now and then if kirby comes back that kind of pushes everyone down a spot and even without kirby coming back we're probably on the lookout for some you know top six a top six forward and maybe a couple bottom six forwards uh if needed and you know that's going to be a work in progress for us uh throughout the first kind of half of the year Colin, every team goes through injuries at some point, uh, and those you can't really predict when they're going to happen. But of the foreseeable uh, hurdles you might have to clear along the way this year, what stands out the most to you in terms of what challenges uh, you're expecting uh, the Blades to face? Well, I would say there's a couple things. I mean, one is just a, a difference in expectation. I mean, there's 
Uh, last year, I think everyone knew we would be a decent team and a better team, because, but we hadn't made the playoffs in five years, so expectations I don't think were huge in terms of, I think the expectations are get back in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you know, I think we exceeded those, so this year it's going to be a little different, I think you know, we've already been, you know, there's been some pundits uh, that, that are predicting things for us that I think it's going to be important for us and our coaching staff to kind of keep our group in check as to, you know, staying humble about what what we've achieved, which is, you know, we, we had a great regular season, but, you know, we got beat in the second round by the by the PA Raiders. So we haven't really achieved a whole lot yet, and that's what we want to come in with that hunger and not kind of getting too worried about what people think that we're going to be. Uh, I think that's a big big mentality change for us this year. And then I think the first half is just going to be a challenge in terms of we've got some logistical challenges and they're good ones because, you know, it shows that we have some real great people here, but Mitch Love, our head coach is going to be gone for a month at the world juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be uh, an opportunity for Ryan Marsh to take over that bench with Ryan Keller for a month and um, kind of guide us through the month of December, which can be a tough month uh, mentally on the players. Uh, as they kind of gear up for wanting to go home for Christmas. so uh, And then Ryan Marsh himself is going to be away for two or three weeks coaching the under-17s uh, Team Canada. So we're going to have a little bit of flex with our coaching staff in the first half, which uh, I'm fully confident that they can handle. Uh, I just absolutely love our coaching staff, and I think they're going to do a, a great job. But it will be a hurdle for them uh, to manage the smaller bench and get different guys in different roles. And then, of course, Kirby... Uh, whether he comes back or not, kind of looming over uh, the first couple months of the season at least. Uh, that'll be another challenge that our team's going to have to deal with in terms of how they handle that and who's going to step up in his absence. And if he doesn't come back, uh, to continue that on. So, you know, those are the big challenges, I think, for us, especially in the first half. And I hope that by January, kind of our, our roster settled and we know who's here and, and our coaching staff will all be back and uh, we'll be ready to kind of thrive heading into the playoffs. Well, you know, the last question is what you would consider to be a successful season and where you set that bar of expectations at. And you mentioned uh, in that last answer at the start of it, you want to stay humble and, and not, you know, read too much into what a lot of prognosticators are, are suggesting uh, should be the end goal for you guys. But what do you consider to be a successful season? What do you, uh, I mean, the goal every year is to win the WHL championship, but not every team has a reasonable expectation of doing that. I would suggest Saskatoon could be uh, a contender this year. Where do you set the bar for a successful year? Well, uh, it's an interesting question. I, I don't want to place you know, unfair expectations on us, but I do believe we have a really good group. Um, I think there's some pieces that you know I need to, as the general manager, need to address here to get us to to that you know top top contender status. And I think you know the you know knowing about Kirby will be a good barometer for us to know where that stands as well. But I think with or without Kirby, we're 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 going to have an excellent decor. I think that that kind of you know is is going to be a real strength of our team. You know, with Neen Walford and. Delagorjandier, I expect to have a really big 17-year-old draft season. Uh, he's he's an excellent defenseman, his fifth overall pick, and looks great and very focused at camp. Uh, and then you know, adding Zabransky and Kacharik and those guys, I think we're going to have a, a really really strong decor. And then our goaltending, I'm, I think, is going to be amongst the best in the league as well with Meyer and McKinnis. So you know, it might be a different identity, I would say, for our team um, than last year. We might not score you know 260 goals, but I think we're going to be a real tough team to play and. Um, we're going to be very well coached. Uh, so, you know, in a roundabout way, I, I always the when you're not rebuilding, I think the goal for us is to to win our division is is what we want to do. And then once you've won your division, that gives you home ice uh, for at least a round or two, and and you know gives you an opportunity to thrive in the playoffs. And what happens there happens. But uh, I think we're going to learn a lot from 
that battle we had with PA in the second round. There's a lot of guys that have a bitter taste in their mouth that uh, our, our biggest rivals were able to beat us and then go on and win the championship. So, you know, obviously we want to keep that WHL title in the Eastern Division, but, uh, or, you know, as it's been the last two years. But, mm-hmm. you know, the first step for us would be trying to win a division title, which we haven't done here uh, in, in a, quite a while. And it's going to be a tough test. Like, I think our division is going to be a lot a lot better than people think, and there's going to be some big-time improvement amongst some of the teams in our division. Colin, really looking forward to seeing the Saskatoon Blades uh, in person this year, and uh, thankfully you guys come to Edmonton a couple of times, so it won't be that long before we get to watch the Blades in action. Uh, one of the best jerseys in junior hockey as well, the Pac-Man jerseys. So uh, looking forward to that. Really appreciate your time. Uh, wish you the best of luck this year. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Saskatoon Blades with uh, general manager Colin Priestner. That uh, that preview, uh, that should be a very, very good team once again this year. Uh, and uh, look, Nolan Meyer should be a very good goaltender, taking his game to another level this year. I like that he's going to be motivated. I think their blue line is pretty solid. Uh, and I like the what they've got up front. Even some of the young guys that are coming in, yeah, they're young, but they're going to be talented. And if they get Kirby Dock, even if it's only for the second half of the season, that's the important half of the season going into the playoffs. Uh, and that he could be the difference between a contender and the favorite uh, going into uh, into the playoffs. So uh, I expect Saskatoon to be the top team in their division, in the mix for top team in the conference. And uh, if you've got home ice advantage in the conference playoffs, then you might be the favorite. Um, and so I expect good things from Saskatoon this season, put it that way. One segment to go on the show this week, and uh, we're going to head back to the United States. Portland, Oregon, general manager of the general manager and head coach of the Winterhawks is Mike Johnston, and he's on the Pipeline Show next. Hey, this is Cody Glass from the Portland Winterhawks. Gets the draw. Glass walking towards the net. He scores! First period hat trick. It's natural from Cody Glass. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Friday night I crashed your party. Saturday I said I'm sorry. Sunday came and trashed me out again. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. 